all right uh, we will start canto 5 chapter 9 uh, this is called the supreme character of jada bharat shri sila sukhdev goswami continued my dear king after giving up the body of the deer bharat maharaj took birth in a very pure brahmin family there was a brahmana who belonged to the dynasty of angira he was fully qualified with brahmanical qualifications he could control his mind and senses and he had studied the vedic literature and other subsidiary literatures he was expert in giving charity and he was also satisfied tolerant very gentle learned and non envious he was self realized and engaged in the devotional service of the lord he remained always in a trance he had nine equally qualified sons by the first wife and by his second wife he begot twins a brother and a sister of which the male child was said to be the topmost devotee and foremost of the saintly kings bharat maharaj this then is the story of the birth he took after giving up the body of the deer now till the last chapter what we had learnt was that bharata after he sees that deer he gets attached to it though he had risen very high in the spiritual ladder yet because of the attachment he falls down and at the time of death he keeps on thinking only about the deer and because he keeps on thinking only about the deer that is the reason why he falls down so in the next life of his he becomes a deer whatever is the last thing that you think of at the time of death that is the thing that you finally end up being so suppose if you think that you you have to take care of your child and a particular person dies in the next life he has to be there where the child is so that that is continued that is the reason why in the next life of his he becomes a deer so that he can continue the same and then as a deer he dies again now remember a person can get rid of the karma in that body of the animal but creating karma as a human being or rising up higher these are the two things you can do as a human being so in the next life he is again born as a brahman and for a brahman to rise that is the knower of brahma so he understands all the vedic literatures he knows literally everything he can control his mind and senses and he studies everything and he has become a perfect human being so he is able to rise high and give up that particular body of his due to his being especially gifted with lord's mercy bharata maharaj could remember incidents of his past life although he received the body of a brahmin he was still very much afraid of his relatives and friends who were non devotees he was very cautious of such occasion association because he feared that he would again fall down consequently he manifested himself before the public eye as a madman dull blind and deaf so that the others would not try to talk to him in this way he saved himself from bad association within he was always thinking of the lotus feet of the lord and chanting the lord's glories which saves one from the bondage of fruitive action in this way he saved himself from the onslaught of non devotee associates yesterday we came to know something which was very unique the part is anybody who is opposing that individual's growth in the spiritual is not at all considered to be a good person in that person's life it it is definitely a bad influence so anybody in this material world who drags the person to the material domain is not allowing the person to come on the path of the spiritual he is called a bad influence so yesterday we did that so today also he is saying the same thing as a brahmana what does he do he does not meet his relatives and friends for this reason he keeps away from them because they are non devotees he is very cautious so that these people do not come and disturb him he behaves like a madman he is blind deaf he behaves like that he is not actually blind and deaf or dumb but he behaves like that so that people will not come on his path he does they will not disturb his spiritual progress so he is though he was always thinking about the divine lord 
the brahmana father's mind was always filled with affection for his son jada bharat that is bharat maharaj therefore he was always attached to jada bharat because jada bharat was unfit to enter the grahastha ashram he simply executed the purificatory process up to the end of the brahmacharya ashram although jada bharat was unwilling to accept his father's instructions the brahmana nonetheless instructed him in how to keep clean and how to wash thinking that the son would be taught by the father so what he does jada bharat understands from his father whatever necessary things that are there so that he can rise in the spiritual life jada bharat behaved before his father like a fool despite his father's adequately instructing him in vedic knowledge remember jada bharat is a person who has already crossed the boundary he had gone beyond he had become a realized being so what does he do so that other people do not disturb him including his own father he stays away from him or behaves like a fool in front of him even though the father keeps on instructing him about the knowledge of the vedas he behaved in this way so that his father would know that he was unfit for instructions and would adapt, abandon the attempt to instruct him further those who are on the spiritual path and and reached a particular level of spiritual perfection books knowledge of vedas and all that has no value so there is no point for them to keep on reciting some scriptures or learning the vedas or the shastras for them that has no value at all and that is the reason why they behave like that he would behave in a completely opposite way if somebody came to instruct him he would behave completely in an opposite way although instructed to wash his hands after evacuating he would wash them before nonetheless his father wanted to give him vedic instructions during the spring and the summer he tried to teach him the gayatri mantra along with omkara and vyarthi but after 4 months his father still was not successful instructing him so he was deliberately doing that so that the father doesn't interfere with his spiritual growth his spiritual growth was already there remember that it is like you know you are a phd and you are you have to go to school think about it you have become a phd in a particular field and you have to go and learn from kindergarten students and a teacher uh, how to start learning about those subject matter now uh, you are you have written huge thesis and yet you are being <laughs> treated like that so the person is behaving in a foolish manner the brahmana father of jada bharat considered his son considered his son his heart and soul and therefore he was very much attached to him he thought it was wise to educate his son properly and being absorbed in the unsuccessful endeavor he tried to teach his son the rules and regulation of brahmacharya including the execution of the vedic vows cleanliness study of the vedas the regulative methods service to the spiritual master and the method of offering a fire sacrifice now these are the things that are required for any person who are there on the path of the spiritual what are the things that are required execution of the vedic vows there are various vows that you are supposed to take all those things that are supposed to do then cleanliness shaucha study of the vedas regulative methods what are the regulative methods breathing and so on and so forth in a pranayama and all those things then what else service to the spiritual master which you know and the method of offering a fire sacrifice that means how to conduct the sacrifices he tried his best to teach his son in this way but all his endeavors failed in his heart he hoped that his son would be a learned scholar but all his attempts were unsuccessful like everyone this brahmana was attached to his home and he had forgotten that some day he would die death however was not forgetful at the proper time death appeared and took him away now you i'm sure you will understand the main reason why he was doing that the reason why he was doing that was very simply no attachment of any kind remember it was the attachment that led him for his downfall in the last life isn't it so father mother brother sister husband wife children all these are attachments we have to stay away from all these attachments so that your spiritual growth happens but the father doesn't understand that the father is very much attached to his son but the son is not at all bothered about the father so what happens when the father dies 
at the time of death he is always thinking about his son what is going to happen to my son isn't it a form of an attachment which is going to pull him down the three things dispassion detachment and discrimination three most important things a person should never forget in the spiritual world thereafter the brahmana's younger wife after entrusting her twin children the boy and the girl to the elder wife departed from patil patal loka uh, voluntarily dying with her husband patilok sorry after the father died the nine step brothers of jara bharat who considered jara bharat dull and brainless abandoned the father's attempt to give jara bharat a complete education the step brothers of jara bharat were learned in the three vedas the rig ved sam ved and yajur ved which very much encourage fruitive activity the nine brothers were not at all spiritually enlightened in devotional service to the lord consequently they could not understand the highly exalted position of jara bharat see those who brahmins you know they follow these three rigved yajurved samved and all that what do they do they use these vedas to do the pujas and the paths in the households wherever they go they make money from that that is entrapment in the material world so the vedas if you are using the vedas for earning money and getting into this kind of a loops what happens is a uh, guru is there online you can send him the invite i think so this traps a person continuously in fruitive activities so even if you follow the vedas understand this any person who follows the vedas and uses the dictums of the vedas for the material world is trapped in the material worldly existence what is what do the vedas say you are supposed to do this prayer that prayer go and ask god for money power these that so many things isn't that what uh, your father in law does he goes to all the temples and asks for things isn't it that is what is called fruitive activities so see the step brothers of jada bharat were learned in the three vedas the rigved samved and yajurved which were very much encourage the fruitive activities they encourage the fruitive activities and that is how a person gets trapped in the material world when a person uses the vedas and the shastras for getting something in return i want money i want power i want this i want that they are constantly trapped in the material world but they do not understand the way in which their brother has grown so the nine brothers were not at all spiritually enlightened in devotional service to the divine lord consequently could not understand the exalted position of jara bharat nobody can understand that kind of a position because it is extremely tough degraded men are actually no better than animals who are the degraded men the degraded men are those people who run after material worldly stuff the only difference is that animals have four legs and such men have only two legs these two legged animalistic men used to call jada bharat mad dull deaf and dumb now you have to know this very well that those who are spiritually exalted people you cannot call them names you cannot say anything bad about them because it is a repercussion which they get and it can create a very big karmic loop for these people they mistreated him and jada bharat behaved from them like a madman who was deaf dumb and blind blind and dull he did not protest or try to convince them that he was not so if others wanted him to do something he acted according to their desires whatever food he could acquire by begging or by wages and whatever came in his own accord be it small quantity palatable stale or tasteless he would accept and eat he never ate anything for self gratification that is sense gratification because he was already liberated from bodily conceptions remember what are the two things that you have to first get rid of the body attachment and second is the mind attachment these are the two things which you have to actually get rid of to reach into the spiritual world then what happens your body becomes pure your mind becomes pure the inner being is becoming purer by the day so intellect becomes pure that is how you reach the spiritual domains 
which yeah he never ate anything for sense gratification because he was already liberated from the bodily conceptions which induces one to accept palatable or unpalatable food palatable or unpalatable comes from sattvic food and tamasic food sattvic food and rajasic food are those foods which are palatable isn't it palatable means they are very healthy to eat they are very nice they they have taste and all kinds of things in that and what is the non palatable food non palatable food are wines drinks and all those things stale foods fermented. fermented and so on and so forth which otherwise nobody would eat those kind of foods he was full in the transcendental consciousness of devotional service and therefore he was unaffected by the dualities arising from bodily conception actually his body was as strong as a bull and his limbs were very muscular he didn't care for winter or summer wind or rain and he never covered his body at any time he lay on the ground and never smeared oil on his body or took a bath because his body was dirty his spiritual effulgence and knowledge was covered just as the splendor of the valuable gems is covered by dirt he only wore a dirty loin cloth and his sacred thread which was blackish understanding that he was born in a brahmana family people would call him a brahman bandhu and other names being thus insulted and neglected by materialistic people he wandered here and there now the person is not taking care of himself he is actually roaming around without any clothes in the hot or the cold weather and so on and so forth so jada bharat used to work only for food His step brother took advantage of this and engaged him in agricultural field work in exchange for some food but actually he did not know how to work very well in the field he did not know where to spread dirt or where to make the ground level or uneven his brother used to give him broken rice oil cakes shaf of rice worm eaten grains and burnt grains that had stuck to the pot but he gladly accepted as all this as if it was nectar he did not hold any grudges and ate all this very gladly see those who are on the spiritual path do not bother about the kind of food that they are getting to eat or where they are getting to eat as long as they get as much as it is sufficient for them to have food for sustaining the body that's it beyond that they are not at all interested at this time however being desirous of obtaining a son a leader of the decoits came from a sudra family wanted to worship the goddess bhadrakali by offering her a sacrifice of a dull man who is considered no better than an animal now bhadrakali is a particular de- deity which is very tamasic in nature she demands for all kinds of sacrifices animal human and so on and so forth the leader of the decoits captured a man animal for sacrifice but he escaped and the leader ordered his followers to find him they ran in different direction but could not find him wandering here and there in the middle of the night covered by dense darkness they came to a paddy field where they saw the exalted son of the angira family so what they do they are now coming in touch with jadavarat who was sitting in the elevated place guarding the field against the attacks of deer and the wild pigs boars as we call them the followers and servants of the decoit chief considered jadabharat to possess qualities quite suitable for the man animal and they decided that he was a perfect choice for sacrifice the face is bright with happiness they bound him with ropes and brought him to the temple of goddess kali <laughs> so that's a very interesting twist right after all all the thieves according to their imaginative rituals for killing animalistic men bed jadabharat dressed him in new clothes decorated him with ornaments befitting an animal smeared his body with scented oils and decorated him with tilaka sandalwood pulp and garlands they fed him sumptuously and then brought him before goddess kali offering her incense lamps garlands parched grains newly grown twigs sprouts fruits and flowers in this way they worshiped the deity before killing the man animal and they vibrated songs and prayers and played drums and bugles jadabharat was then made to sit down before the deity at this time one of the thieves acting as the chief priest was ready to offer the blood of jadabharat whom they imagined to be an animal man to the goddess kali to drink as likya what animal man every now and then the animal man is there considered over here 
you know, you have seen a very beautiful film called Mowgli, you know that jungle book, <laughs> like a Tarzan-like person who lives in the jungle. Adimanav we call him, no? Actually he is not an Adimanav, he is a person who has stayed in the jungles. So he has got hair all over the body, he looks like a completely disheveled person and all. And naturally Jada Bharat was like that, exactly like that. Huh? Yes, a planet of apes. Okay. <laughs> so he therefore took up a very fearsome sword that was very sharp and consecrating it by mantra of Bhadrakali, raised to kill Jadavarat. So now he is going to try to kill. All the rogues and the thieves who had made arrangements of the worship of goddess Kali were low-minded and bound to the modes of passion and ignorance. That is, they were all tamasic in nature. They were overpowered by the desire to become very rich. Any person who does this kind of thing, which is second, this is the worst kind of activity, which is tamasic in nature. This is the tamasic kind of a puja that they do or sacrifices that they do. People go to all these different different places and offer animals. You know, we had gone to a place in Nepal where they were doing animal sacrifices right in front of everybody. Yeah, yeah. Even in Mysore they do. They, yes, Chamundi hills and various other places. These are the tamasic type of activities which are not going. And they are done for what reasons? So that you can get money, you can get children, you can get power, you can get all these kind of things. And that's the worst kind of thing that anybody can ever do because it's going to lead you towards the a lesser body in the next life and still a lesser body and still a lesser body. You will become an animal or maybe a kida makoda or something like that. Therefore, they had the audacity to disobey the injunctions of the Vedas. So much so that they prepared to kill Jada Bharat. A self-realized soul born in a Brahman family. Due to their envy, these decoits brought him before the goddess Kali for sacrifice. Such people are always addicted to envious activities and therefore they dared to try to kill Jada Bharat. Jada Bharat was the best friend of all living entities. He was no one's enemy and he was always absorbed in meditation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He was born in a good Brahman family, father and killing him was forbidden, even though he might have been an enemy or aggressive person. In any case, there was no reason to kill Jada Bharat. And the goddess Kali could not bear this. She could immediately understand that the sinful decoits were about to kill a great devotee of the Lord. Suddenly the deity's body bursts asunder and the goddess Kali personally emerged from it, body burning with an intense and intolerable effulgence. So goddess Kali is now there in front of all these people. Intolerant to the offences committed, the infuriated goddess. Remember, all this is done not by Krishna. Krishna doesn't do anything. It is done by the deities and Maya herself. Whatever that needs to be done. Krishna or the Supreme Divine Consciousness is non-reactive. He does not do anything. His entire universe does all these things. Always remember this. That is the reason why it is not right for anybody to do anything which is intolerant towards them. Alright? Intolerant of the offences committed, the infuriated goddess Kali flashed her eyes and displayed her fierce curved teeth. Her reddish eyes glowed and she displayed the fearsome features. She assumed a fierce, frightening body, as if she was prepared to destroy the entire creation. Leaping wildly, violently from the altar, she immediately decapitated all the rogues and thieves with the very sword which they had intended to kill Jadavarat. Uh, there are two people over here who have met Kali. <laughs> Okay, they are better and uh, maybe she can add with her, I don't know. <laughs> so, she then began to drink the hot blood that flowed from the necks of the beheaded rogues and thieves. And as if this blood was liquor, indeed she drank this intoxicant with her associates who were witches and female demons. Becoming intoxicated with their blood, they all began to sing very loudly and dance as though prepared to annihilate the entire universe. At the same time, she began to play with the heads of the rogues and the thieves, tossing them about as if they were balls. <laughs> that looks like a very dangerous act. So, when an envious person commits an offense before a great personality, he is always punished in the way mentioned above. This is something which we have to be always careful about. Anybody who does any kind of wrong things to a realized being, is entitled for this kind of a punishment. 
Sukhdev Goswami then said to Maharaj Parikshit, O Vishnu Datta, those who already know that the soul is separate from the body, who are liberated from the invincible knot in the heart, are always engaged in the welfare activities of all living entities and who never contemplate harming anyone, are always protected by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who carries his disc, that is the Sudarshan Chakra, and acts as a supreme time to kill the demons and protect his devotees. The devotees always take shelter in the lotus feet of the Lord. Therefore, at all times, even if threatened by decapitation, they remain unagitated. For them, this is not at all wonderful. So, this ends the chapter, which was the supreme character of Jadabharat. So, in this chapter, chapter, we have understood something very strange, that though Jadabharat was an enlightened soul, he never showed anybody that he was enlightened. He behaved completely like a madman. He was showing to the world that he doesn't understand or do anything. So you will find that those who are the realized beings, they will never want to tell the world that they are realized or wear a halo or top of the head or something like that. They are going to be as simple. But if anybody tries to do anything, any harm to them, the whole thing is going to rebound on these kind of people. So now we will do chapter 10, the discussion of Jadabharat and Maharaj Rahugana. Sukhdev Goswami continued, My dear king, after this king Rahugana, the ruler of the states known as the Sindhu and the Shauvira was going to Kapilashram where the chief, the king's chief palanquin carriers reached the banks of the river Iksumati and they needed another carrier. Therefore, they began searching for someone. And by chance, they came across Jadabharat. They considered the fact that Jadabharat was very young and strong and had firm limbs. Remember, he was a very strong person. We had learnt about it in the last chapter. Like cows and asses, he was quite fit to carry loads. Thinking in this way, Although the great soul Jadabharat was unfit for such work, they nonetheless unhesitatingly forced him to carry the palanquin. The palanquin, however, was very erratically carried by Jadabharat due to the sense of non-violence. As he stepped forward, he checked before him every three feet to see whether he was about to step on ants. <laughs> so, he is a, a very strange person. Consequently, he could not keep pace with the other carriers. Due to this, the palanquin was shaking. And King Rahugana immediately asked the carriers, Why are you carrying the palanquin unevenly? unevenly? Better carry it properly. When the palanquin carriers heard the threatening words of Maharaj Rahugana, they became very afraid of the punishment and began to speak, him as, speak to him as follows. Oh Lord, please note that we are not at all negligent in discharging our duties. We have been faithfully carrying this palanquin according to your desire. But this man who has recently engaged to work with us cannot walk very swiftly. Therefore, we are not able to carry the palanquin with him. King Rahugana could understand the speech given by the carriers who were afraid of being punished. He could also understand that simply due to the fault of one person, the palanquin was not being carried properly. Knowing this perfectly well and hearing their appeal, he became very a little angry, although he was advanced in political science and was very experienced. His anger also arose due to his inborn nature as a king. Those who are rajasic in nature, they have anger in them. The rajas is a part of that anger which these people have, remember. Those who are there on the path of those who are Kshatriyas, as per our definition of a Kshatriya, the people, those who have reached a certain level, they have a certain type of an anger. Actually, King Rahogana's mind was covered by the modes of passion, that is Rajaguna. And he therefore spoke to, as follows to Jadabharat, whose Brahman effulgence was not clearly visible, being covered like a fire covered by ash. King Rahugana told Jadabharat, How troublesome this is, my dear brother. You certainly appear very fatigued because you have carried this palanquin alone without assistance for a long time and for a long distance. Besides that, due to your old age, you have become greatly troubled. My dear friend, I see you are not very firm, not very strong and stout. Aren't your fellow carriers cooperating with you? In this way, the king criticized Jadabharat with sarcastic words. 
Sarkasam is a part and parcel of these people, those who are there in the Rajaguna, you know, they, they will always say, Oh, you cannot even travel properly, huh? like that. In this way, the king criticized Jada Bharat with sarcastic words. Yet, despite being criticized in this way, Jada Bharat had no bodily conception of the situation. Imagine this person is completely lost in the divine. He has absolutely no idea what he is doing also. Yet he is carrying that, you know, and he is trying to see on the way how, whether he, he is not going to kill any ants and all that. He is just being friendly to the universe, that's it. He knew that he was not the body. He had attained his spiritual identity. The divine know that they are not the body. Always understand, they will, the body is nothing but a sort of a vehicle for them. It is like when we are sitting in the car and driving, the vehicle is not you, isn't it? The vehicle is a vehicle and you are you. So these people, those who have realized, they know that they are not the body. The body is different than them. They and their body is like a vehicle. It's like a car they are driving. So the body, is, the car is going to drive the way it is supposed to, isn't it? So he was neither fat. He knew that he was not the body for he had attained his spiritual identity. He was neither fat, lean nor thin nor had anything to do with a lump of matter, a combination of the five gross and the three subtle elements. He had nothing to do with the material body and its two hands and legs. In other words, he had completely realized his spiritual identity that is Aham Brahmasmi. He was therefore unaffected by the sarcastic criticism from the king. Without saying anything, he continued carrying the palanquin as before. Thereafter, when the king saw the palanquin was still being shaken by the carriers, he became very angry and said, You rascal, what are you doing? Are you dead despite the life without your body? Do you know that I am your master? You are disregarding me and not carrying out my order? For this disobedience, I shall now punish you just like Yamraj, the superintendent of death. Punish sinful people. I shall give you proper treatment so that you will come to your senses and do the correct thing. Thinking himself a king, King Rahugana was in the bodily conception and was influenced by material modes of passion and ignorance. Due to madness, he chastised Jadabharat with uncalled for and contradictory words. Jadabharat was a topmost devotee and the dear abode of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. What does this mean? He is a topmost devotee of the Lord and where the devotee is the divine Lord resides in that in individual okay understand this so he is, his body becomes an abode of the divine although considering himself very learned the king did not know about the position of an advanced devotee situated in the devotional service nor did he know his characteristic Jadabharat was the residence of the supreme personality of Godhead he always carried the form of the Lord within his heart he was the dear friend of all living beings and he did not entertain any bodily conception. He therefore smiled and spoke the following words. I think Zentil is having a difficulty of joining. I think you may have to send him another invite or something. <laughs> because he is dropping off and on. The great Brahmana Jadabharat said, My dear king and hero, whatever you have spoken sarcastically is certainly true. Actually, these are not simple words of chastisement, for the body is the carrier. The load carried by the body does not belong to me. That is, body is not me. Body is a load that I am carrying. Remember, he also understands that he is carrying the, his own body, that body which he is into, he is carrying that body. So that is what he is telling them. The load carried by the body does not belong to me, for I am the spirit soul. He knows that he is the Atma, the Paramatma himself that is in that. There is no contradiction to the statement because I am different from the body. I am not the carrier of the palanquin. The body is the carrier. This kind of exalted learning only comes about when you have reached a state of enlightenment. The body is just an action oriented machine. And the person is not the machine. The one who is running the body is the divine. So understand this. It is like when you are driving the car, you say, I am driving the car. Isn't it? And the car is another object. Here what happens is, when you are situated in the divine, 
you know that the body is supposed to perform its actions whatever the actions might be it might be eating drinking sleeping so on and so forth it's like mar- getting married also having children also this divine person understands that he is not involved in the bodily action the body is just a vehicle or another entity okay and he is not the body this is the understanding that comes to that person certainly as you have intended i have not labored carrying the palanquin for i am detached from the body you have said that i am not stout and strong but these words are befitting a person who does not know the distinction between the body and the soul the body may be fat or thin but no learned man would say such a thing to the of the spirit soul see when we we call out to people you know that you are black you are fair you are ugly you are nice looking you are fat you are thin all these things when a person says they are talking about the body they are not talking about the divine being so the divine being understands he is not the body and whatever the body's formation is there he is not bothered about it because the body is supposed to have its own functionalities it just carries on the jobs which are there now tell tell me something sometimes you drive a very small car you may drive a two wheeler you may drive a four wheeler the four wheeler may be a tiny tiny car which is like a, a small beetle or it may be a very big car it may be a, a rolls royce or it may be a ferrari it may have different different names does it mean that you are that no so the body can be of any color any kind any any shape or size they understand that they are not the body whatever the performance of the body that is there exactly the performance that is happening of the body is not of theirs it's the body which is performing the action understood so they know that they are not the doers they understand very well that they are not the doers the lord is working through them in the previous line we learned that the divine lord is situated in them that is their body is the residence see read the line jada bharat was the residence of the supreme personality of godhead they understand this so even the soul that is there inside of them is the divine one they are the divine beings themselves so the body may be fat or thin but no learned man would say such a thing to the spirit soul as far as the spirit soul is concerned i am neither fat nor skinny therefore you are correct when you say that i am not very stout also if you object to this journey and the path leading there are mine there would be many troubles for me but because they relate not to me but to my body there is no trouble at all so if somebody calls out names to you that is being called to the body not to you those who are spiritually perfect do not bother about these kind of things fatness thinness bodily and mental distress thirst hunger fear disagreement desire for material happiness old age sleep attachment for material possessions anger lamentations illusions and identification of the body with the self are all transformations of the material covering of the spirit soul so none of these things are connected to the soul the soul is devoid of all these things that is fatness thinness bodily and mental distress all the distresses that are happening why am i not getting this job why is this not happening why is that not happening why am i not getting money all these things that are there which are there they are mental and physical distresses thirst hunger fear disagreement sometimes you have thirst sometimes you have fear sometimes you have this sometimes you have that. all these things are connected only to the body not to you you are the divine being a person absorbed in the bodily material body conception is affected by these things only those who are trapped in their material body those who have the idea that they are the body will always face these kind of problems consequently i am neither fat nor skinny nor anything else you have mentioned so he is telling the king who he is my dear king you have unnecessarily accused me of being dead though alive in this regard i can only say that this is the case everywhere because everything materializes beginning and end as far as you are thinking and that you are the king and the master are thus trying to order me this is also incorrect because these positions are temporary today you are the king and i am your servant but tomorrow the position may be changed and you may be my servant and i your master therefore these are temporary circumstances created by providence my dear king 
If you still think that you are the king, that I am your servant, you should order me and I shall follow your order. I can then say that differentiation is temporary and it expands only from usage of conventions. I do not see any other cause. In that case, who is the master and who is the servant? Everyone is being forced by the law of material nature. Therefore, no one is the master and no one is the servant. Nonetheless, if you think that you are the master and that I am the servant, I shall accept this. Please order me. What can I do for you? My dear king, you have said, you rascal, you dull crazy fellow, I am going to chastise you and then you will come to your senses. <coughs> In this regard, let me say that although I, love, I live like a dull, deaf and a dumb man, I am actually a self-realized person. What will you gain by punishing me? If your calculation is true and I am a madman, then your punishment will be beating a dead horse. There will be no effect. When a madman is punished, he is not cured of the madness. Question will arise, why is that person saying that he is a self-realized person? When you have a clear understanding that you are not the body, you are the divine. This understanding is very very perfect. The self-realized person knows that the body is not him. That person is entitled for saying that. Got it? Till that point in time, anybody in the material world, anybody who is following the path of the spiritual cannot say these words that I have become realized. <laughs> Otherwise they will fall down. Sukhdev Goswami said, O Maharaj Parikshit, when King Rahogana chastised an exalted devotee Jadabharat with harsh words, that peaceful saintly person tolerated it all and replied properly. Nescience is due to the bodily conceptions. Okay? It is because of bodily conception. We have this false kind of understanding that I am the body. Out of his natural humility, he never considers himself a great devotee and agreed to suffer the result of the past karma. Like an ordinary man, he thought by carrying the palanquin, he was destroying the reactions of his past misdeeds. Thinking this way, he began to carry the palanquin as before. Sukhdev Goswami continued, O best of the Pandu dynasty, that is Maharaj Parikshit, the king of the Sindhu and the Shurvira state, that is Maharaj Raghugana, had great faith in discussion on the absolute truth. Being thus qualified, he heard from Jadabharat the philosophical presentation which was approved by all scriptures and the mystic yoga process, which has slackness, the knot, which slackens the knot of the heart. Now this was something which you also came and told me today. That there is, there are certain people in this world who would like to know the truth. Those who are interested in knowing the truth, those people only should be told the truth, not everybody. Those who are not interested in knowing, we should never encourage them in coming towards the divine. Because they are not going to be devotees of the divine. They are going to be trying to create disturbances. So, whereas the one who is actually interested in the mystic yoga should be allowed to come near that. So, it slackens the knot of the heart. Yani, Riday Granti. It loosens it out. Alright? He, the material conception of himself as a king was thus destroyed. He immediately descended from the palanquin and fell flat on the ground with his head at the lotus feet of Jarabharat in such a way that he might be excused for insulting words against the great Brahmana. He then prayed as follows. King Rahogana said, O Brahmana, you appear to be moving in this world very much covered and unknown to others. Who are, who are you? Are you the learned Brahman or a saintly person? I see that you are a varied, a wearing a sacred thread. Are you one of those exalted liberated saints such as Dattatre and the other highly advanced learned scholars? May I ask those whose disciple you are? Where do you live? Why have you come to this place? Is your mission in coming here to do good for us? Please let me know who you are. So now he has become very very quiet and he is asking this question because he is very Sorry for what he has done. My dear sir, I am not at all afraid of the thunderbolt of King Indra, nor am I afraid of the serpentine piercing trident of Lord Shiva. I do not care about the punishment of Yamraj, the superintendent of death, nor am I afraid of fire, scorching sun, moon, wind, nor the weapons of Kuvera. Yet I am afraid of offending a Brahmana. I am very much afraid of this. 
so he says acknowledges that what he has said is wrong and kindly forgive that is what he said my dear sir it appears that the influence of your great spiritual knowledge is hidden factually you are bereft of all the material association and fully absorbed in the thought of the supreme consequently you are unlimitedly advanced in spiritual knowledge please tell, tell me why you are wandering about like a dullard o great saintly person you have spoken words approved by the yogic process but it is not possible for us to understand that you have said therefore kindly explain it i consider your good self the most exalted master of mystic power you know the spiritual science perfectly well you are the most exalted of all the learned sages and you have descended for the benefit of human society you have come to give spiritual knowledge and you are the direct representative of kapil dev kapil dev the first kapila muni remember no <laughs> you started laughing that's why that not a cricketer sir <laughs> the incarnation of god and the plenary portion of knowledge i am therefore asking you a spiritual master what is the most sacred shelter secure shelter in this world it is not a fact is it not a fact that your good self is the direct representative of kapil deva the incarnation of supreme personality of godhead to examine people and see who is actually a human being and who is not you are presented yourself to be deaf and dumb are you not moving this way upon the surface of the world i am very attached to family life and worldly activities and i am blind to spiritual knowledge nonetheless i am now present before you and i am seeking enlightenment from you how can i advance in spiritual life it's a very humble requisition to the divine please help me you have said i am not fatigued from labor although the soul is different from the body there is fatigue because of bodily labor and it appears to be fatigue of the soul when you are carrying the palanquin there is certainly labor for the soul this is my conjecture you have said that the extern- external behavior exhibited between the master and the servant is not factual but although in the phenomenal world it is not factual the product of the phenomenal world can actually affect things that is visible and experienced as such even though material activities are impermanent they cannot be said to be untrue this is a very beautiful question that has been asked for the spiritual people everything in the material world is just like a dream it's not happening but for the material worldly people even a pinch to the body is happening a slap is definitely happening the hurt which they get is happening the the pain which they receive is happening the exaltation that happens when you come first in the class or when you have got money or when you have got a good job all that comes because of happening you know it happens to the material worldly people so he says can you please tell me about all these things because for the material worldly being everything that is there including the tiredness that you are saying is happening to the material worldly people correct so now king rahugana continued my dear sir you have said that the designation like bodily fatness and thinness are not characteristics of the soul that is incorrect because designation like pain and pleasure are certainly felt by the soul you have put a pot of milk and rice within fire and the milk and rice are automatically heated one after the other similarly due to bodily pains and pleasures the senses the mind and the soul are affected the soul cannot be completely detached from this conditioning it's a very very important discussion that is going to happen in the next chapter so i sincerely hope that those who are there today will be there in the next week so we have come to the end of this chapter in the next two three lines so i will try to finish those lines and the next chapter will be very interesting my dear sir you have said that the relationship between the king and the subject or between the ma- ma- master and the servant are not eternal but although such relationships are temporary when a person taken the position of a king the duty is to rule the citizen and punish those who are disobedient to the law by punishing them he teaches the citizen to disobey the laws of to obey the laws of the state again you have said that punishing a person who is deaf and dumb is like chewing the chewed or grinding the pulp that is to say there is no benefit in it however if one is engaged in the own occupational duty as ordered by the supreme lord his sinful activities are certainly diminished therefore if one is engaged in the occupational duty by force he benefits because he can vanquish all his sinful activities in this way what is the question over here you may ask the question is this 
king raugana is a material worldly person but has the knowledge about the spiritual he understands that there is a spiritual being over there right in front of him king king raugana understands that he is doing what is called as a swadharma now swadharma means if somebody doesn't do the job is he not supposed to punish him he is supposed to isn't it whereas jada bharat has told him that if you are going to punish a person who is deaf and dumb and all that himself that is that activity has no value and he might be doing something wrong so there is a dichotomy over there isn't it why is this problem there so this question is a very very important question so whatever you have spoken appears to me contrary contradictory oh best oh best friend of the distress have committed a great offense by insulting you i pulled up puffed up with false prestige due to possessing the body of a king for this i have certainly become an offender therefore i pray that you kindly glance at me with your causeless mercy if you do so i can be relieved from sinful activities brought about by insulting you oh my dear lord you are the friend of the supreme personality of godhead who is the friend of all the living entities you are therefore equal to everyone you are free from bodily conceptions although i have committed an offense by insulting you i know that there is no loss or gain for you due to my insults you are fixed in that de- in your determination but i have committed an offense because of this even though i may be as strong as lord shiva i shall be vanquished without delay due to the offense at the lotus feet of the vaishnava so the king is acknowledging that he has done something wrong even though he understands the spiritual path so what is the question this is something we need to understand so we will do it the next time then the answers are very very beautiful so i really hope i sincerely hope that next week you all are there when this is going to happen all right uh, you need to mute your yeah so i hope you all are there next time so we can stop over here and you can switch off the